to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Burke. Week two of the fantasy football season is in the books, which means the knee-jerk reaction week is almost over, which means, partner here in Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast, we can start making some conclusions on what we see because the sample size is one-eighth of the NFL season, isn't it? Yeah, one-eighth of the NFL season definitely uh, can make a little bit of uh, some legit things we've noticed here and no more assumptions, but actual notes that we're looking at. And one of them is that the Giants' offensive line is terrible. And Brutal. so the Seattle oh Seahawks offensive line, which we're in the midst of watching right now, they're pretty bad as well. And the issue is, and you and I talked about this partner, uh, please follow my partner here for great fantasy football insight, Scott Burke at SCOT557 and myself at Randall Rant into the podcast about why it was a mistake for the Giants to draft a running back at number two. And the reason is, partner, this was a robust quarterback class, as robust as we've seen for quite some time. And while they couldn't have got Baker Mayfield this year, they could have got Darnold, they could have got several of these guys, and they certainly seem like they're high floor. And that's the issue, partner, is that I don't know if you can just assume, eh, if we need a quarterback, we'll get one the following year. I don't think all quarterback classes are created equal. But Mike, I mean, Eli Manning is great, and they love Davis Webb, right? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Davis Webb is no longer there. They did draft a quarterback with Kyle Luetta. I mean, he's probably a franchise guy. Yeah, that's the third, problem. fourth, fifth yeah. round. Yeah, I mean, we preached all offseason during the summer. I mean, we could have talked more about the Giants and how we felt they should have went quarterback. I mean, listen, Darnold is staring you in the face there. That is – we. it's only been two games, right? We saw the good of Darnold and we saw the not-so-good of Darnold. But it's only two games – that's a quarterback. That's a chance you take to write this franchise, to continue this franchise going in the direction that it had been in for 10, 12 years. You had a stable force in Eli for the past 12, 13, 14 years. And you, if you're able to transition into another stable force for another 13, 14 years, then you're golden. I mean, look at some of these teams that can't find a quarterback. And the Jets being one of them, and they may have, thanks to the Giants, gotten their quarterback. But without that offensive line being anywhere near good, which they're not, we talked about how Nate Soldier's older. That uh, uh, Will Hernandez is a rookie, and he's getting beat up yeah. a little bit. Eric yeah. Flowers is yeah. terrible. Oh, awful. Barkley can't. Barkley can't do it. And now you just lost your center for the year, and you traded away your backup center to make to make some you know money for the Beckham contract. So things are not looking good there. And then yeah, people are going gaga over Barkley in week one. But you take away that sixty-five yard run. He's I think Kyle Richardson put it out. He's got like you know twenty-seven carries for like sixty-five yards the rest of the way. Yeah, he had 14 catches last night for 80 yards. I could do that. Yeah, I could I, get 14 catches for 80 yards. No, and I, listen, I am not going to deny that Saquon Barkley is tremendous. He is. I haven't seen the first tackler bring him down yet this season. He is outstanding. The point is the running back situation has been devalued so much in the NFL. You usually have one guy for first and second down and one guy for third down that it, it, you can't you can get a running back later. Royce Freeman, Lindsey over in Denver. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying they could have picked a million guys, yeah. and I think yeah. they would have been much better off. And Eli. Listen, he's going soon. So what are you going to have, Scott? You're going to have a bad offensive line, and you're going to have a quarterback that you need. It's very frustrating. And, and I'll give you credit, credit to I mean, you've been preaching for a couple of years now that anybody can be productive in the Steelers' offense. Not a knock on James Conner and what he's doing, and not a knock on the skills of Le'Veon Bell, but you know, James Conner had nearly 200 total yards in week one. He didn't run much uh, this past weekend because you know, they were down 21 nothing before you could open your first beer, but he's been productive. So – and as was D'Angelo Williams. So it's what it's what we you've stressed. 
what we've talked about with guys like Kareem Hunt, uh, Alvin Kamara. These guys are found in the third. Even Bell was found in the second round. So, and they, I think uh, they put up a stat last night. I think it was first round draft pick uh, running backs have been Landry Barkley. I'm sorry, not Landry Barkley. Then there was a Trent Richardson who's been terrible. They're few and far between. It was just one of those spots where not knocking the talent, but he just did not, for me anyway, or you, did not make sense behind this offensive line at this time. You're a Giants fan. You're a Giant player. You never want to be in the top three picks. You were there. You had a bad year. That was your chance to strike. You had a plethora of options, and you just you didn't pull the trigger on the quarterback. I believe in the Steelers' offensive line. I believe in their offense. I believe in the playmakers. You have a solid quarterback, maybe a Hall of Fame quarterback. You have all the weapons that you need. My point was you can't invest that sort of money into a running back. The only people you can invest Well, they're in, listening to you. The only people you can invest that money in is a quarterback. And, and they don't do it on their first-year deal, by the way. They take that five-year rookie deal and they try to win a championship so they don't have to invest in a quarterback. But you can do it to a quarterback. You can do an offensive lineman, particularly left tackle. Or you could do it to a pass rusher. That is it. No one else. And it looks like Saquon Barkley could be headed toward Barry Sanders' territory, which is playing with a bunch of quarterbacks and being a tremendous running back. But – Yep. That, that's it. We're off and running here, folks. There's the whistle. First quarter, news and notes. So much to talk about. Let's get right to it. We're going back to the Thursday game. John Harbaugh confirmed that running back Kenneth Dixon, who is injured, is going to be eligible to return in week 11. The reason this is going to be an issue is because, partner, we had a little bit of argument on Alex Collins. My issue, and then you can jump in, is Alex Collins did have a good receiving game. He had three catches, 55 yards, whatever it was, something like that. However, I think if you zoom out and look at the last two games, the only person who could look at that Ravens game and see the way it's gone the last two weeks with Javorius Allen at least getting some of the goal line touches and look at the game and take something positive from Alex Collins' game has got to be someone that has Alex Collins on their fantasy team. No, I mean, yeah, I get it. Listen, I mean, the argument, I still think it's it's two weeks in and I think as time goes on, this year, I mean, the Ravens were playing from behind in this game right from the get-go, so Allen obviously gives you more in the passing game, even though Collins produced there. It is a little worrisome that Kyle, uh, Allen got the goal line carry, which you take away from Collins, but if, if you look at the past history, he's actually been pretty good around the goal line, Allen, so he does get those, so it does hurt Collins a little bit. I just like long-term, I think Collins will wind up taking the job and taking more of the 65%, 70% snap share. But with Kenneth Dixon coming back, things may change. I mean, they both, Collins and Allen, basically split the snaps in week two. Allen led the way in week one, which is a little concerning considering they were ahead so far. So, yes, I understand the point on Allen. I just, it's one of those, you know, you preach the no knee jerk kind of thing. It's only two weeks for a situation like this. And they've had two totally different game scripts one where they were blowing the opponent out, and the other where they were chasing points. So, I, we haven't really got a chance to see what it would be like in a. Typical, you know, typical seven-point game, back and forth, and see what type of work Collins would get. I would say he's a fumble or two away from not seeing the field, so that's always got to be concerning. And I am an Alex Collins owner, but that is only one of seven leagues. So, yeah, I'm trying to paint a promising picture, but, you know, it's not like I'm living and dying by Alex Collins. Did you see Matt, Matt Kelly's tweet? He retweeted me and he wrote, <laughs> I wrote, a 21 nothing lead is not good for Alex Con- Collins owners. But Javoris Allen, he wrote, if a 21 nothing lead followed by a 21 nothing deficit is not good for Alex Collins owners, what score is good for Alex 14, Collins? 14-14. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's worth monitoring, um, you know, but it, things change week to week here. I don't, I don't know how much, I mean, Dixon, he played 28% of the time in that first game. He was on for 22 snaps. 
he's always injury prone. No, and when you're talking about week 11, by then we'll have a clear cut picture on who's the leading back there. So we'll get an idea of how much is going to affect playing time for either one. Next one. Aaron Rodgers escape without further damage. Listen, I think this week can be categorized as injuries headed into the game affecting fantasy matchups. I told you this off air. I've in way too many leagues. I set my lineups on late Saturday afternoon, and I did it based on what I was hearing. I heard Ben was hurt on his throwing elbow. I heard Mariota was going to start. We Aaron Rodgers was going to test his knee. He's going to test everything on Sunday. So I didn't have it. I got a lot of stuff going on Sunday. We're writing. You had a great article that came out. I'm doing interviews. I did not have time to go back to all my teams. And sure enough, Rodgers comes out and plays fantastic, which was sort of a, a bellwether of exactly what happened in my day. But he looks healthy, partner. Does not look like it's something that's going to be a problem. He's going to move forward. Everything looks fine in, in Green Bay land, right? If you got a Rodgers owner, I think you're happy. Yeah, you should be. He looked he looked pretty good. That's a, That's one of those... Tough games with the Viking defense, uh, you know, game with a lot of controversy, missed field goals, a very shaky uh, uh, rough in the passer call there that led to a the tie game. But, yeah, Rodgers owners, I think you're all right. If he escaped without further damage, like McCarthy says, he looked good, too, and he looked mobile. He shouldn't be concerned. But, you know, back of your mind, you always know that he's one hit away from another broken collarbone, which is always a problem. So you just got to keep your eye on Rodgers. But, yeah, I'm with you, partner, on the uh, multiple leagues thing, even to the point where the one lone survivor pool I'm in, I could have swore I locked my pick in on Wednesday, but apparently I'm in the group of 18 that forgot to put their pick. So as the guy who runs it says, it's a see ya for me. Oh, geez. I'm patting myself on the shoulder for this next one. Can you hear this? Scott, the Falcons are not sure when Devonta Freeman is going to return. Schefter reported on Saturday that Freeman's two to three weeks, but we're hearing now that this is an aggravation of last year's MCL-PCL injury. It pretty much killed his explosiveness. He's not an athletic running back to begin with. He has concussion syndromes. And oh, by the way, Tevin Coleman looked more than fine getting something like seven yards a carry. Devonta Freeman owners, not happy. No, they're not. And I'm, as a Tevin Coleman owner in a league where I was thin on running backs, I'm thrilled because he filled in the void perfectly for me this week. Let it roll, a, baby, like the gets, Fast and the Furious. Gets me a nice win after <laughs> after put up after put up a buck fifty against you last week and still losing. So Natalie, that that was that was hard to handle for me. But. Why did I bench uh, Matt Ryan? I, I all week long I said I'm starting Matt Ryan against Carolina. I ranked him as my five quarterback and then I put in Alex Smith. Terrible job. Uh, yeah, oh. we'll get, it no, wouldn't we'll matter. It didn't matter, but I mean, it's whatever. It's fine. But yeah, this is gonna worry Freeman owners. I mean, I you know. It'll probably go towards a month, and, uh, you know, Coleman. Coleman's in the contract here, so they're going to probably ride Coleman as much as they can, knowing most likely they're not bringing him back because Freeman's locked up. Uh, Coleman, Tevin Coleman owners should be very, very happy. Devontae Freeman owners should be a little bit concerned here with what's going to happen when he comes back, whenever it is. But Coleman looked great against the Carolina Panthers, and I'm going to continue to roll him out. Now as my top RB. Sad, but that's what it is. He's my top RB. It is totally sad, as was David Johnson's performance, which I'm waiting for the Fantasy Pros rankings to come out because I think I nailed this one. I think I dropped him to like 14 or 18, which you know nobody did. But if you're going to Los Angeles, folks, and you're playing the Rams defense, good luck. And by the way, Scott, next week, that's Melvin Gordon. So I'm sure you're going to be very, very happy because he's not going to do much at all in L.A. David Johnson, 13 carries, 48 yards, 3.7 a carry, which would be good for Melvin Gordon. And one reception on two targets for three yards. So they bottle him up big time. And they're set, and the Cards now promise to use him in the slot. By the way, partner, I think uh, we know that Sam Bradford days are numbered and Josh Rosen is on the horizon. Oh, my God. Sam Bradford is terrible. The Cardinals look brutal. Uh, 
Yeah, I got to thank David Johnson because he was the highlight of my uh, my article over the weekend that really, really hit it off big no, time. Yeah, he's yeah. a good follow. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, my, Mike McCoy's got to uh, figure out a way to get him involved in this offense uh, more. Um, got to get more carries. Got to get them. Got to get him the ball. What one catch for three yards is unacceptable on two targets. This is your best offensive play, and when your quarterback looks like Sam Bradford the way he is, you got to utilize this guy. Um, and things have got to change quick uh, in Arizona. And especially for David Johnson owners, because you know he's a top four pick. Some people took him one, goes as low as four. You need something out of him fast. And uh, Mike McCoy better change things up quick. I'll put these last group together because I think there's really one you're going to talk about. The Redskins are bringing aboard Michael Floyd. Uh, Brashad Perryman is now on the Redskins. Corey Coleman was cut to make room for Joshua Gordon heading to the Pats. Any comments on these wide receivers, partner? Well, Corey Coleman can't find a home, so his days might be numbered. And, you know, it makes total sense that it would be the Patriots to trade for Josh Gordon. You know, the Browns just, you know, they can't win, so they might as well continue to help the other AFC powerhouse continue to win. Uh, but this is probably the only spot that made sense for Gordon to go to because if there's any culture or team that can handle him and try to get him back, you know, just to producing football games, it's going to be the Patriots. I don't know if I'm buying into it, though. I don't know if it's going to work out. This guy's only played 11 games since 2013. I mean, that's – we're talking five years, he's played 11 football games. He's got a ton of talent. We know that. I mean, when Edelman comes back, he's still got Hogan. Gronk is there, who, by the way, Gronk, where was he? Did, did he play on Sunday? I'm yeah, sure. you know, I got to tell what? you, partner, I really thought about this. You're going to tell me I'm lying. I'm not. I really thought about benching him. Because I knew that the the Jaguars were going to scheme him the hell out of. Did you see he was triple teamed at the goal line? You're dealing with Tom Coughlin, okay? Don't tell me you're dealing with Doug Marone. I talked to J.P. Shadrick. I still think you're dealing with Tom Coughlin. There was no chance he was having a big game, zero. So in that case, but and you know me, I'll bench my mom. But I didn't have the guts to bench him there. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm sure everybody across the nation enjoyed watching the Pats lose, except for me, who had a, who had a plus eight and a half in a teaser and still lost. So go figure, <laughs> Patriots plus eight and a half, and they still lose. That's 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 that doesn't happen too often. But regardless, you know, we'll see. I mean, I he's probably going to play right away. You know, uh, starting in that game Sunday night against uh, Matt Patricia. Oh, they're going to light up the Lions. Lions. Oh my God, Scott, they're going to light up. Lions. Though, they they came back against the it's Niners. Patricia, yeah. though. Oh, how many times yeah. has the pupil beaten the teacher in this situation? Especially yeah, yeah, coming I mean, off a loss. Oh my God. Not many times you're going to say a rocket scientist is going to get outsmarted, but most likely he will Sunday night uh, in that in that Lions the Patriots Who's game. Who's a rocket science, Patricia? Look at the guy. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got a degree in rocket science here. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, it's a genius apparently, but yeah. it's not yeah. on the football field. Yeah, give me a. Uh, Gordon's got value, I guess. We'll see how this plays out, but um, it does equal stock up, I think, in Cleveland for one Antonio Callaway, uh, which obviously Andrew a little banged up, so that's someone to watch. You know, I saw someone on Twitter that he was timed in that bomb touchdown. He had like the third fastest time in like the last five years besides Tyreek Hill on a catch. They timed the ground he covered after catching the pass and something like super fast. But certainly they keep, he can be pretty, pretty, pretty darn good. Headed to the second quarter. All right, we'll start with AFC home games. I'll, I'll set them up and you knock them out, partner, and then we'll flip for NFC. Bengals 34, Ravens 23, high-scoring Thursday night game. I guess they haven't got caught up yet on Thursday night. Normally as the year goes on, it becomes a terrible game. But a lot of things to talk about here. A lot of explosion all around A.J. Green. Yep, A.J. Green looked good. Uh, Andy Dalton for a touchdown, solid. Might have been a streaming play for some people. 
I know I had him week one. I dropped. Might have been dropped. He might have been dropped in some yeah, way. Dropped. I had him dropped. You dropped him. He's got two road touchdowns. games coming up, Scott. I can't keep on a Thursday and two road uh, games. Yeah, no, I hear you. But four touchdowns, two sixty-five benefit whoever played him. Joe Mixon, eighty-four yards, looked okay, but did get hurt, banged up. He's going to be out a couple weeks with a little arthroscopic surgery. So the Gio Bernard waiver wires uh, will be flying uh, come Wednesday morning when everybody's processing. He'll be everywhere and every place. Uh, receiving wise, like AJ Green, three touchdowns, uh, but this, I mean, five for sixty-nine. You take away those three touchdowns, it's a little disappointing. I guess you expect more when you get three touchdowns, but it's still a twenty-nine point performance if you got that single uh, full point on the reception. So that's a good outing. Tyler Boyd, maybe making a case for being someone to stream. Love him. I love uh, Tyler Boyd. Boyd. Love him. Uh, John, the John Ross train over two. So we'll see how Tyler Boyd does. Six for ninety-one on the score. Tyler Eifert is a tight end, 2 for 23, not really anything worthwhile. You get Gio Bernard at four catches out of the backfield, so he's going to be someone to definitely target uh, going forward with Lyle Mixon's out. Joe Flacco, 376, 2-2, two two, probably wasn't played by many. And then we got we already discussed Alex Collins at Allen. Uh, Collins at 35 and 9. Buck Allen only eight yards, but did get the touchdown. And an interesting development in the receiving core here between John Brown and Michael Crabtree. It looks like Flacco likes John Brown a little bit. Gets a little bit more of the targets right now. Gets a touchdown, 92 yards. He got 10 targets. Crabtree also got 10, but the production was there for Brown. Willie Sneed got eight. I know you're a big Willie Sneed guy, so we'll watch that going forward. He's got some weapons, finally, um, that may be able to help Joe Flacco and the Ravens move forward. So it was a high-scoring game. Uh, The Mark Andrews rookie gets a touchdown. The rookie tight end gets a score. Uh, but a lot of things going on, but the Bengals win that one 34-23, and they go to 2-0, Ravens fall to 1-1. Perfect summary. I'm just going to go at this game like this. Do not pick wide receivers in the first round of your dynasty rookie drafts. Here are the wide receivers who have been drafted in the first round since 2016. Get ready to laugh. 2016, Corey Coleman, Will Fuller, Josh Dotson, Laquan Treadwell, 2017, Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross, who you mentioned. And so far this year, they've been okay, I guess, DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley. But please try to avoid drafting. There are plenty of late round wide receiver values. I'm still hanging on, by the way, for an Anthony Miller truther. I don't care what anybody says. Well, you just got a touchdown, my friend. Ah, bingo. Really? (laughs) That's hilarious. That's good for my Bears minus four and a half. 17-3 Bears. Scott, this is a big, and this is giving you a little insight, of course. I think you know this already, though. We got our Dynasty rookie drafts that will be coming up this year. Those wide receivers, it's a heavy wide receiver draft class. They're saying this is an outstanding wide receiver draft class. You know what that means to me? Just wait a little longer. That's all I'm going to say. Next game, Chargers go to Buffalo. I was wrong on this one. I thought they would cover the seven and a half little circle of wagons. Chargers soft coming East Coast for a one o'clock game, but that was not the case because why don't you explain to the fans what Melvin Gordon did? Yeah, Melvin Gordon had 3.1 yards per carry, my friend. However, <laughs> Melvin Gordon scored two touchdowns on six catches for 38 yards. And, so, told and he had a rushing he touchdown. Well, three touchdowns, a combined 66 yards on 15 touches. So Melvin Gordon, ultra, <laughs> ultra consistent in what he does. And it'll be just the gift that keeps on giving for me for the rest of my fantasy career and NFL career. But Chargers win on 31-20. I was with you. I was a little skeptical on this game as I looked at the lines on Sunday. Yeah, on paper, it looked like yeah, this is a no-brainer. But West Coast to East Coast, Chargers always have a little bit of trouble going across country. Everybody thinks the Bills will get smashed. And sure enough, they do. Rivers, 256 and three scores. Mike Williams finds the end zone. Melvin Gordon with the other two. 
Keenan Allen, a quiet game, 6 for 67. Virgil Green got 55 yards. No Antonio Gates in the game uh, for the Chargers. Austin Eckler's becoming a piece of this offense. 11 carries for 77 yards. Probably most of that in garbage time if you watch the game completely. But the Chargers win that one, 30-120. You go to the Bills side. A little encouraged by Josh Allen. 245, a touchdown and two interceptions. Quarterback rating wasn't that good, 63.3. But again, he's not working with a lot of weapons. I took Zay Jones as a sneaky DFS play, I guess, for the price point he was. Two catches, 63 yards. I'll take the 8.3. Um, not what I was expecting. Uh, Allen spread the ball out to everybody, so I'm not going to break this down. But Kelvin Benjamin gets the touchdown. LaShawn McCoy has got fractured ribs because one of his own linemen fell on him. Uh, he says he's going to try to play. We'll see how that happens in week three. And then non-fantasy related, uh, interesting news. Vonta Davis uh, retired at halftime. hilarious. <laughs> He said, I'm done, packed up street clothes, and then put out a statement today on Twitter that he's done. Uh, he just wasn't having any fun. Uh, long and short of it, Chargers win the one game 31-20. to 20. Josh Allen, he'll get his feet wet, keep going forward. Phillip Rivers, my uh, dark horse MVP pick, 256 and three scores, and the Chargers are 1-1. One one. Titans 20, Texans 17. Thanks, Marcus Mariota, for nothing, not playing. I should have started Ben. That was ridiculous. I bought in the elbow thing. But talk about the Titans getting their first win going to 1-1. The Texans 0-2 against the bang-up Titan team. Terrible. Yeah, that's uh, that's one the Texans are going to want to forget real quick. Uh, you lose to Blaine Gabbard on the road. You lose to a fake punt. Uh, it goes for a touchdown. Deshaun Watson's running around 25 seconds ago with no timeouts and decides, I'm not going to. We'll throw it out of bounds. I'm not going to run out of bounds. Just let the clock run as they're trying to drive for a game-time field goal. So a lot of things from this game, you, you got to leave you a little bit concerned. Uh, Watson throws for 310, two touchdowns and a pick. Lamar Miller, five yards of carry, okay. Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins doing what they did last year when Watson was healthy, both going over 100 yards with a touchdown, eight catches for Fuller, six for Hopkins. Uh, but it's def- definitely disappointing for the Texans, and they're going to battle another 0-2 team next week, and that would be the – New York Giants, so one of those teams is going to 0-3, unless, of course, we get a third consecutive tie. Let's never know. That may happen. And, Scott, the Texans, that's their home opener, right, because they opened at New England. So I, I think yep. that's, that could be a mod game. This one confuses me. I love the Jets in this game, but in these Jets-Dolphin games, just bet the opposite of what he thinks is going to happen. Dolphins 20, Jets 10, Sam Darnold back to earth, but still wasn't horrific. Just, you know, typical rookie game. But shocking here, Dolphins win on the road. They go to 2-0. Yeah, I mean, this was one of those games that talked to a lot of people pregame. They were a little worried about the Jets at home in this game. Uh, maybe everybody's underestimating the Dolphins or really just putting the Jets too high after what they did in Detroit. Uh, Donald, 334 yards, touchdown and two picks. I'm sure I don't think he was lined up in anybody's lineups just yet. But he made some rookie mistakes, but he also made a couple good passes. He looked okay. The run game really non-existent. Crowell at 35 for 12. Powell averaged one yard a carry, so that's no bueno. And the receiving game, a couple of drops uh, from the receivers. But Quincy Anunua, 11 targets, so he looks to be Darnold's favorite target. So if he's still available, maybe someone you want to look at. Terrell Pryor, a nice bounce back for 84 yards on four carries. And, pa- and Powell's going to be a guy that uh, is going to produce out of the backfield. Five catches, 74, and a touchdown. So on that Jet side, that's where it was. Kenyon Drake, 11 for 53 for the Dolphins and a score. I know you've been all over him if you drafted Kenyon Drake in like 47 leagues. But again, it's just the way it played out. Albert Wilson, five targets. Danny Amendola, four targets. There really wasn't much going on in the Dolphin passing game. Uh, Kenny Stills, weak game, two for 17. The Tannehill is efficient, two touchdowns. And the Dolphins, it's it's a, you know, it's early, but they go to 2-0. It's a big road win after playing in that, you know, 12-hour game against the Titans in the weather delay last week. And now they go on the road and beat the Jets in division. 
So 2-0. They're in first place in the division. Solid. Enjoy this one, folks. Chiefs 42, Steelers 37. The microphone is yours. <laughs> uh, wait, where do I begin? I, it's, it's, a bro- it's a broken record, my friend. It really, it really is. The Steelers offense can hang with anybody they want to, but the defense is just atrocious. Um, it, it, it has been for a couple of years now. They don't address it, but so be it. I won't you know, belabor the point that we already know. Patrick Mahomes, six touchdown passes for 326 yards. Uh, he had more touchdown passes than he had incompletions. So that's a solid stat for, for the second year of starter who looks really good. And he's got a ton of weapons. And they also, let's not forget, they have some defensive deficiencies too. So if they're going to have a problem, it's going to be on that side of the ball. But they're not going to have any problems scoring. Uh, Kareem Hunt, 18 for 75 to go along with one catch for a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, who normally struggles against the Steelers, looked very good. 7 for 109 with two scores. I wrote about Sammy Watkins being a bounce-back candidate. Week 2 sure was. Busted off a 31-yard run and then 6 for 100. So that was a nice bounce-back for Watkins. Tyreek Hill, 5 for 90 and a touchdown. Chris Connolly scored a touchdown. So he's got weapons. Everybody got a touchdown. I was like, watch it, Oprah. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Everybody gets a touchdown. They did. So they put up 42 points. Ben and the Steelers put up 37. Some frustrations coming out there as well. Antonio Brown on the sidelines complaining about you know, how many times he's getting the ball. And then called out a former employee today who said said that he would be nothing without Ben. So he told the Was that a former employer? Training. I didn't know that. Was it really? former Steeler PR uh, employee. Who I didn't think he, I'm sure he didn't think his tweet would get that much uh, momentum today, but it sure did. So, Antonio Brown not happy. A lot of things going on in Pittsburgh, but Ben Roethlisberger, who you said you sat, tough move, 452, three touchdowns. He looked pretty good. Uh, he looked healthy and rebounded nicely from last week's game. Uh, James Conner, only 17 yards. They get a touchdown, but he's showing his versatility in the passing game as well. So, that's a good thing there. And I think. I think, me and you, we may have been wrong on who the tight end du jour is in Pittsburgh. Jesse James, 5 for 5 on targets for 138 yards and a score. Juju Smith-Schuster was targeted 19 times on Sunday. Uh, 13 for 121 in the touchdown. You know I was high on him going into this year. I thought he could you just were. take the next step. You were. an excellent step. call. It was an excellent call. I thought you drafted him too early. Really quick uh, stat here from Rich Rebar at Lord Reeves on Twitter from Roto World. Through 16 career games, Juju Smith-Schuster is now second in all-time receiving yardage, 1,157 yards, before turning 22 years old. He needs 157 yards to surpass Randy Moss for the most ever and has eight full games to get there before his birthday. Knockout wood, barring injury, he will break that record. Uh, he is my number four wide receiver, by the way, in my league that put up about 190 points today. So that was good uh, this week. That was good. Antonio Brown got targeted 17 times, only score, uh, only caught nine of them for 67 yards, didn't get in the end zone. Talked about Connor getting 48 yards and five catches. Look, the Steeler offense, we know their weapons. They're going to be good. We talked about how you know, which anybody, any running back in that offense is uh, worthwhile. He's going to be, he's going to be really well. You want to watch James Connor. He was getting his hamstring stretched out a lot on Sunday on the sidelines. So, I mean, it may be a reach, but just pay attention to Stephen Ridley on the waiver wire because if Connor is ever hurt, he's next man up. But the Chiefs, if Patrick Mahomes, 10 touchdowns for two games, their offense is going to light the world on fire, as would the Steelers' offense. It was a battle of which offense would hold up more and which defense broke more. Chiefs' offense was better. Steelers' defense was worse. Chiefs win at 42-37. From Andy Holloway, fantasy footballers, Mahomes' touchdown rate of 18.2% per per completion is more than twice that of Carson Wentz's league-breaking rate of 7.5% per attempts, rather, in 2017. Folks, Mahomes is going to come back to earth. He's not going to throw 50 touchdowns, okay? And you realize the averages, I told you this earlier, of luck, 
Rodgers, Brady, and Breeze, I think it was, or Manning, rather, uh, is 27 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. So the regression is coming. But as for right now, enjoy the fun. And as we talk about that, Tyler Lockett scores a touchdown as the Seahawks march down Ooh, in two minutes and gross. make this a 17-10 game. Again, the two-minute drill is what you're looking for. And they went right down. They did get the benefit of a pass interference call right outside the uh, 10-yard line. And it's a 17-10 game with 10 minutes to go. Oh, that field goal is going to kill me because then they wouldn't cover. Broncos with a Brandon McManus field goal as time expired 20-19 to over the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders, uh, John Gruden on Twitter or in social media or whatever it is after the game, even with the press, saying that they need to rush the quarterback more. Well, John... <laughs> There's a guy playing right now as we record that you had that is absolutely making Russell Wilson run for his life. And that's Khalil Mack. You had the guy, you didn't want to pay him, and then you tried to put it on him that he's the one that didn't want to be there. Uh, rough go for Chucky in Oakland in round two. They're 0-2. I actually like the Raiders in the game. I took them with the 6.5, so they covered that route. But Derek Carr, 288 in the touchdown, looked good. I know you're preaching Amari Cooper, and it was a good game. You had 10 for 116, 10 targets. That's a good, good comeback game for Cooper, especially against a pretty solid Denver secondary. So that's something good there. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, 18 for 65 in a score. Jared Cook came back down there, but they convert four for 49. So he was one of my sleeper tight ends. So it's a good start for Jared Cook. And your boy got on the field. Martavis Bryant was out there, not suspended, playing football, and caught four of his targets for, for 30 yards. So the Oakland offense, they played well. They should have probably won this game, but the second half collapsed. Defense wasn't good enough. They give up 20 in the second half. They lose by one. Go to the Denver side. Uh, you know I'm not a big Case Keenum guy. Uh, a couple of people that we know are, but I, I just I don't see it. He gives you an effort. I just don't think the skills there. I don't think he's the answer in Denver. He goes for 222 in a pick. Some people probably played him, too, thinking this Raider defense is going to be no good, so you probably got burned there. He probably was a popular DFS play as well. And uh, the running back situation, uh, Phillips Lindsay, 14 for 107. Royce Freeman, 8 for 28, but Freeman gets the touchdown. Case Keenum also with a rushing touchdown. So Phillip Lindsay's a thing, folks. He's not going anywhere right now, so he's still a thing. And then re- re- receiving-wise, Emmanuel Sanders, 4 for 96. Jake Butt, he's probably the tight end to target in Denver. 4 for 48. Demarius Thomas, only five catches, only 18 yards, and he did get hurt in this game, but I believe he did come back. Someone to watch there. Last one here. We got uh, Jaguars 31, Patriots 20. Sort of the game of the day. Jaguars have stamped themselves as the favorite in the AFC. Yeah, this is a statement game. Uh, this is a very, very good performance by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They outcoached the New England. They outplayed New England. They did everything right. And Blake Bortles gave you the effort of his career. 377, four touchdowns, one pick. And they did all this without their offensive, uh, Greg Robinson, offensive guard. Uh, and then without Leonard Fournette, their, you know, Best best offensive player. T.J. Yeldon, solid, 10 for 58. He was a good waiver wire claim. If you had him, two catches for 13 yards. Corey Grant, who you talked about a lot preseason-wise, six for 56. He ran the ball four times. I do have him in one of the dynasty leagues, the best ball, so he probably helped me out there. Blake Bortles also shows he could run around. He's got the high, did you know he has the highest yards per carry uh, for a quarterback in the past maybe His five or six years. His rushing yards are very sneaky. Yes. Yeah, it's, he's, he averaged about seven yards a clip quarterback that's pretty solid when you think about he's ahead of guys like cam newton and such uh for career wise keelan cole establishing himself as a weapon seven great for catch what a catch unbelievable catch on the sideline uh beckham-esque uh dd westbrook four for 83 to score mockbeef got a touchdown safari and jenkins got a touchdown so bortle spread the ball around jacksonville looked very good 
And that defense made plays when they needed to. So they're, they're, they're off to a rollicking 2-0 start. They're going to be a force in the AFC once again. Tom Brady, 234 and two scores. I mean, there might have been a situation where some of you might have sat Tom Brady in this spot. You know, going on the road against Jacksonville, you know, the defense is solid. And if you did, you didn't give up too much. Uh, Sony Michelle led the team in carries with uh, 10. Rex Burkhead, 6 for 22. James White, who I said all offseason, he's a thing. Uh, he's going to carry the ball limited, but he's going to be a key contributor in the passing game. He caught 7 for 73. Dorsett, who I like as well, 5 for 44, but he's playing time maybe get uh, knocked down a little bit with the arrival of Josh Gordon. And then we talked about your boy Gronk, 2 for 15. He was only targeted four times, so it was a tough, tough game for him. Patriots lose 31 to 20. Uh, they're one and one, and you know I wouldn't go crazy in New England yet. They've they've lost a couple games in the past early on and still managed to go far. But a statement game for Jacksonville uh, and TJ Yeldon owners, you'll you'll reap, reap the benefits until Fournette comes back. Third quarter. All right, Mike. Let's go to the NFC home games and let's start with well, the Browns going to Brown. Browns travel to New Orleans to play this game. A couple of interesting notes here. We know Josh Gordon was on his way out. Saints having some trouble on offense. Saints win the game. But who stood out? Who didn't? Fantasy. Saints actually have a pretty decent rushing game. So I'll start with the Browns here. Do not jump off the Carlos Hyde bandwagon. I know he's had a slop game there against Pittsburgh and on the road against the Saints. Now, this is going to be a tough game against the Jets coming up. They also have a good run defense, but I'm still on the Carlos Hyde bandwagon. Only 43 yards, but he does get the touchdown. Nick Chubb had two carries. He's nowhere in sight, so this is going to be Carlos Hyde's backfield, which is going to mean something, especially with Gordon now, because he actually can catch passes also. Only one in this game. I don't know where Duke Johnson is. Explain to me how Tyrod Taylor loved dumping the ball off to LaShawn McCoy. Todd Haley loved showing the ball Le'Veon Bell, and Duke Johnson has been doing nothing so far in in these first two games. It makes no sense. Callaway had the big bomb late for 47. That was it. They put the clamps on Jarvis Landry, who had a little bit of an injury as well. David Njoku, very underutilized. I think he's got to become more of uh, more of the uh, offense. And when I was talking to the Browns beat reporter for the road of his team preview series, he marked this game three as the big game. He felt either Mayfield will take over in this game, or if they lose this game and go to 0-3, that Mayfield will then start the next game. I know they have a tie, so sorry, it'd be 0-2-1. But if they don't want a game here, I don't see why you don't go to Mayfield. Uh, if Tyrod pulls it out, then fine, you can stay with him. But that's it for them. On the other side, I was shocked. Greg Williams versus Sean Payton. I expected Sean Payton because they have that hatred there because he still holds Greg Williams accountable because of the bounty gate thing when he was suspended. I thought he, a Payton would run it up. Evidently, he could not. So Williams wins that one. Kamara just is so active in the game in so many ways that even though when he doesn't get in the end zone, six receptions, 53 yards, 13 rushes, still a fantastic job. Drew Brees efficient, 243, two touchdowns. Michael Thomas is going to lead the league in receptions. Okay. He's, he's, he's got to have what he has. 30, 31 through two, uh, two games. Yeah, and he's got, awesome. and how many targets does he have? A 30, is 35 targets, something like that? Yeah, the targets are insane. Ted Ginn is still there. Troy Quan Smith, not an issue yet because rookie wide receivers still struggle. But that's, that's pretty much it for this guy. He does well on Thursday. He's had sort of a tough run here. Does get the rushing yards at 26 in this game, but Saints go to one and one. Browns are 0 one and one. That's it, headed into week three. Yes, sir. Second game on the NFC dock at the Colts. Traveled to Washington. Andrew Luck travels to, the, to play the Redskins and Alex Smith. What do you got for me in this one? Colts 21, Redskins 9. Very shocked by this. Not just because I started Alex Smith, but I did not expect the Colts, who couldn't stop the Bengals at home, to go on the road, even with Andrew Luck, who looks pretty healthy to me, by the way, and, and lose 21-9 to at home. 
The Colts do have a good rushing defense. They had a good rushing defense last year, so that's something to keep in mind. But the leading rusher for the Redskins was Jamison Crowder. Two rushes, 29 yards. Peterson was totally shut down. Another mistake, I didn't switch him out of my lineup. Actually got more points from Jamal Williams, which is surprising. Washington receiving. Chris Thompson's going to be a thing for the checkdown machine. Alex Smith, 13 receptions on 14 targets. I'm not a big Paul Richardson guy, but he certainly looks a heck of a lot better than Josh Dotson. And Jamison Crowder is doing nothing. Jordan Reed, uh, 6 for 56, a tidy game. Over in Indianapolis, the rushing game is in disaster. Jordan Wilkins, 10 rushes, 61 yards, but he really doesn't have that wiggle that you kind of need there. Marlon Mack can take it over. Naheem Hines got the, uh, out a shotgun there. He got into the end zone for the only touchdown. I was shocked. I thought Ryan Grant was a great play. I actually recommended it on DraftKings to my brother-in-law because I thought Hilton would see more Josh Norman. And I don't know if that was necessarily the case. Grant was really ineffective, only 3 for 30. Hilton had 7 for 83 and a touchdown with Andrew Luck back. He is a wide receiver. One, you can book it. And Jack Doyle owners are going to be frustrated about Eric Ebron the entire year. It looks like Ebron is going to siphon targets away from both of them. So he's affecting it. He's got another touchdown there. So that's two and two games for him. Colts 21, Redskins 9. Gonna eat a little crow here. It's only two weeks, but Jack Doyle, I thought it would have a nice year. I didn't think Ebron would be that much of a factor just because of his weak history with the Lions. But so far through two weeks, Ebron has been a very, very uh, vital piece in taking away targets and catches from Mr. Jack Doyle. Eagles, the defending champs, traveled to Tampa Bay and they watched a Fitz Magic show. Fitzpatrick's got it going on. You got to buy in. Whether it comes out in the uh, Conor McGregor outfit or not, he, he, listen, he can do this. He can get hot. He was 27 to 33 against the defending Super Bowl champions, 402 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Didn't actually run. He normally does. He is going to be the starter, Scott. They're not starting Jameis Winston, and they have a great situation. You start Ryan Fitzpatrick, and if he bonks, then Jameis Winston comes in. It's perfect. Feaster Famine Jackson is sticking it to me. He's been feasting. He feasted again, had another 75 yard reception. I don't think he's going to keep that up, but if you have him, especially in a best ball league, enjoy. Four receptions, 129 yards, and a touchdown. O.J. Howard, by the way, and this is worthy of note, O.J. Howard, four targets, three receptions. Cameron Brait, no targets, no receptions. Just keep that in mind. 96 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans got a touchdown. Chris Godwin got a touchdown. Big Chris Godwin guy. The only thing you got to be frustrated with is the running game. Now, again, they did have two tough defenses. They had the Saints and they had the Eagles. But why are you keeping Ronald Jones on the inactive list if Peyton Barber is going to give you 16 for 22 for 1.4 yards per carry. Uh, just something to think about. As far as the the uh, rushing game for the, the Eagles, Ajayi was hurt. He came out of the game. He did get the touchdown, but only 7 for 23. Corey Clement got one, 6 for 30. The receiving, death taxes and Zach Ertz, 13 targets, 11 receptions. If you drafted Nelson Aguilar, you have to be very happy. No Alshon Jeffrey. Mike Wallace got hurt in this game. It looks like he's out. So Aguilar is going to be the only wide receiver of consequence for a long, long time. Josh Perkins, 456, if that thrills you. Nick Foles is not good. 334 and a touchdown. I mean, efficient, but he's just not doing enough, which is why Carson Wentz, it's been announced, is going to start next week. That should get the offense back to rolling. I think Aguilar is a great play moving forward. Barber's got one more game here. He's got to show us something, and it's bombs away for the Buccaneers. Yeah, good news for Zach Ertz owners. Dallas Goddard, nowhere to be found there. So 11 for 94 on 13 targets is very solid for Ertz. Let's keep rolling. NFC games, you got a lot of them, my friend. Carolina at Atlanta. High-scoring affair, division rivals. What do you got? Offense got right. They started putting things back together again. Matt Ryan, two touchdowns and interception. He also ran for two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns there for Ryan. Tevin Coleman was fantastic, just didn't get in the end zone. 16 carries, 107 yards. He had four receptions for 18 yards as well. 
Calvin Ridley caught a touchdown. That was nice to see. He's got to become a part of this offense. Julio Jones only 5 for 64. Carolina want to shut him down. So Ridley went 4 for 64 and a touchdown. Austin Hooper got in the end zone 5 for 49. Mohamed Sanu, no issue. The Falcons are horrific against pass-catching running backs. They've been horrific last year. They're horrific this year. Christian McCaffrey, 15 targets, 14 receptions, 102 yards, and he rushed for 37 yards. Also, it's not like this week, Scott, that Atlanta gets anybody who's really good at catching passes out of the backfield. <clears throat> Alvin Kamara, Cam, <laughs> Cam Newton, 335 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception after a brutal hit, comes back in, 42 rushing yards as well. C.J. Anderson owners just want to jump off a cliff. Devin Funch is 7 for 77. He's usually solid when Greg Olson isn't in there. DJ Moore did catch one pass. It was a bomb. It was a touchdown. So Atlanta 31, they're 1-1. One one. Carolina 24, 1-1. One Falcons have the Saints coming in this week. Yeah, love love me some Tevin Coleman going forward and Calvin Ridley on the board. Which, by the way, uh, may be the game that I'm previewing for Rotovis Fantasy Football Beat with Gina um, Thomas of the Falcoholic. Look forward to that coming up, my friend. <laughs> How about for the second straight week, we get a tie. Vikings, Packers, 29 all. A lot to talk about, I'm sure, from this one. It depends on how you want to look at it. Uh, certainly, the Vikings can't make field goals, but that roughing the passer call on Clay Matthews was complete garbage. You could even see, Scott, that he puts his left arm out to try to not drive Cousins into the ground, and it still gets calls. It's absolutely ridiculous. The other issue here is Dalvin Cook got hurt. Now, that's an issue because people drafted Dalvin Cook late first round, early second round, so we have to pay attention to what he's going to do. Latavius Murray did nothing. The Packers have a very good defense this year, but Kirk Cousins was great. 425 for four touchdowns, one interception. Adam Thielen, terrible trade by May. Very frustrating. 12 receptions, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Stefan Diggs, 9 for 128 and two touchdowns. Kyle Rudolph even had a nice game, 7 for 72. I remember talking to the beat reporter from the Vikings saying that he thinks they're going to suffer but if Dalvin Cook is out then Kyle Rudolph now is a very very good play because he's not going to get those targets out of the backfield as for Green Bay Jamal Williams still not doing anything but again the Packers have faced two tough defenses they're not lighting up the rushing tonight against the Bears and this week now he's rushing against the Vikings so I don't know what Jamal Williams is going to do Aaron Jones is back I I recognize that Aaron Jones is a better running back than Jamal Williams I think he is I believe in him not just because he follows me because what I think but I think Jamal Williams is a tremendous pass blocker and Aaron Jones is not and you cannot have Aaron Rodgers hurt so I don't know if Jones is going to really get like 14 15 carries as far as receiving, Jimmy Graham, 6 for 95. Devontae Adams still doing a nice job, even against tough cornerbacks. 8 for 64 and a touchdown. Hey, Geronimo, 6 for 64. Randall Cobb, not a good game, 4 for 30. Uh, and that was pretty much it. A tie. No one's excited. Both teams 1-0-1. I was impressed with Kirk Cousins going first time into this rivalry. Second game as a Viking, 425, four touchdowns. He looks like he's going to fit in pretty well in Minnesota. Only two games, but he's played pretty well the first two games. Uh, next up, well, blowout of the week. We talked about David Johnson and the Cardinals. They get shut out in Los Angeles against what might be the most complete team in football. That's the Rams. They beat the Cardinals 34-0. Jared Goff, 24-32, 354, one touchdown, one interception. The reason being Todd Gurley had three rushing touchdowns. Just dominated them on the ground. Not a lot of yards, only 42, but three rushing touchdowns. Big game for Brandon Cooks. Big game for Robert Woods. Big game for Cooper Cup. A lot of yards. Seven catches for Cooks. Six catches for Woods. Six catches for Cup. They did a very solid job. Arizona, train wreck. Josh Rosen's got to start. Bradford, 17 to 27, 90 yards and interception. David Johnson, totally underutilized. We talked about that. And Fitzgerald shut down as well. I think it's one of the few things I got right on Fantasy Pros is I dropped David Johnson big time and I knew that was going to happen. You're not running against the Rams. Good luck, Melvin Gordon. you got to catch balls out of the backfield because that's all you're going to do next week. Yeah, and as we talk about that, Russell Wilson. 
Jose pick six who prints a lot of boy. Uh, six minutes ago, Bears now up 24 to 10. Minus four and a half. I thought, but my Bears defense has been outstanding. Oh, my God. Bears defense looks really good, really rejuvenated. And they make the extra point 24 to 10 here on Monday night. Six minutes to go. Let's stay out west. The Lions went to San Francisco. This game was a blowout early. Got tight late. Niners 30, Lions 27. A lot to digest. Was very surprised about this. I expected the Niners to roll. I told you that, and that is not the case. I may have been way too high on the Niners this year. Jimmy G, 18 to 26, 206, and two touchdowns. Tidy, not spectacular. Against a Lions passing game that was a little banged up as well. Darius Slay got hurt again, but they really couldn't take advantage because there's no Marquise Goodwin in this game. Pierre Garçon, 4 for 56. Dante Pettis, only 1 for 35. He's a popular DFS play. George Kittle, only 2 for 22. I expected a lot more out of that. He did not give that. On the other side, uh, Matt Stafford, great job. Uh, threw it 53 times, 347 yards, three touchdowns. Golden Tate, seven for 109. Kenny Galladay's a stud, six for 89 and a touchdown. He's big, he's fast, and he battles on those 50-50 balls. And Marvin Jones caught a touchdown as well. Theo Riddick is useless. He had nine catches, 47 yards. I understand that. But I think they're going to work carry on Johnson in a heck of a lot more. He had eight rushes, 43 yards, 5.4 carry, and he had five catches. I think carry on Johnson would be a sneaky guy you'd want to acquire right now. I'm not big on the Garrett Blunt. And on the San Francisco rushing side, Matt Breida busted a 66-yard one. He's the back to own. He's over 200 pounds and does not feel that he's a satellite back. He feels a three-down back. He gets offended when people tell him that. 11 for 138 and a touchdown. Great job by him. Three receptions, 21 yards. Niners win at home, 30-27. to 27. Finally, we go to the Sunday nighter. We get this every year early in the season on Sunday night. Cowboys-Giants, and this was not really an entertaining game to watch by any stretch, and the Giants have some problems. Disastrous game, not fun at all. Giants have some problems, and the Cowboys are are, are fool's gold right now. They are not a good team. They actually opened up the offense, which was nice to see. God, had I known that the Cowboys offensive line was going to be this banged up and not have Travis Frederick as the center for potentially the whole year. Ezekiel Elliott is not the number one running back. Listen, he's been solid. Okay, don't get me wrong. He's had a touchdown in both games. He's not involved in the passing game. Five receptions, nine yards. What does that even mean? But he is going to get a touchdown. He's going to have you double-digit touchdowns. And if you took him first like I did, I think he's a very safe top five play. But I don't know if he has that number one upside. But this is fool's gold. Dak Prescott ended up rushing for 45 yards. He's going to. He's a guy you may want to look at if you need quarterback on streaming because he does rush a lot 160 yards passing only one touchdown it was to Austin their receivers are horrific you got to get Michael Gallup more involved as far as the Giants the offense looks lost 279 and a touchdown for Eli that's very misleading because they got like over 100 yards of their barely 200 team yards in garbage time Saquon Barkley 14 receptions good 80 yards bad Odell Beckham, 4 for 51. Evan Ingram was actually solid and caught a garbage time touchdown. If you have Evan Ingram, it doesn't mean he's going to be good. I'd move on from there. Sterling Shepard, listen, I think that they're going to get better, Scott. I think the Giants will figure it out. And they always have a brutal schedule. And they'll have a nice run here for a couple games. But Eli looks washed. The Cowboys are not good. Don't fall into that. They go to Seattle next week. Good luck with that. And so a very, like you said, not inspiring, calm, boring Sunday night game. Yeah, neither one of the, neither one of these teams look good, and I agree. The Cowboys are not a good team at all. I mean, Allen Hearns two targets, Michael Gallup two targets. Uh, it, there's nobody there I mean, the receiving core. I mean, they win this game twenty to thirteen. They play if they play any other team outside of maybe the Arizona Cardinals or the Bills, they they, they probably get smashed in this game. But the Giants' offensive line couldn't block anybody. Could have pick up a blitz worth anything. 
And that's where the Cowboys are 1-1 and the Giants are 0-2. Absolutely not. Fourth quarter. All right, let's do a little DFS here, Scotty. What do you say about this? Looking at your quarterbacks this week, very, very interesting. I started putting up my rankings on Fantasy Pros to talk about that. So I started doing that. I'm curious. I want to start climbing here and getting some some press and, and really hold myself accountable. But let's take a look at week three. These are my top 12. Let me read them to you and then tell me who you like and I'll tell you their price on DraftKings. I got Brady one at Detroit. I think they're going to light him up. I put Mahomes second at home against San Francisco. Fitzmagic third against Pittsburgh. No offense. Cousins at home against Buffalo. Maybe he's too low. Maybe they'll run a lot. Matt Ryan at home against New Orleans. I think is a solid number five. Drew Brees at Atlanta. Same reason. Stafford against New England. I'm sure he's going to throw. I don't think the New England defense is going to shut them down. Cam Newton at home against Cincinnati. Aaron Rodgers at Washington, I think, is a top 12 quarterback. Deshaun Watson against the Giants, that may be too low. Big Ben at Tampa Bay cracks my top 12. And then Jared Goff at home against the Chargers. What do you think about that? I think you have a lot of guys that are high-end, they're high-priced. you got the top-tier quarterbacks. Um, I'm not paying 7100 for Rodgers on the road. I'll pass. Mahomes at home, I guess, for the 7000 you could consider. But, uh, you know, like you said, he's not going to throw five or six a game, so that may slow down a little bit. I am sure maybe consider Jimmy G on the road in Kansas City. Ah, tough slate here. Carson Wentz will lay off because uh, no bueno first came back. Let's see what he's got, even though it is against the Colts. How about Goff at home against the Chargers for 5,900? Where did you have Jared Goff? Yeah, I had him at the bottom. I Because, ha- I, I, again, I'm worried about a run-heavy game. I think Goff will be fine. I thought he'd be great this week against Arizona, and they, and they ran it in. But I got Goff number 12. Yeah, I mean, I may look at Goff uh, as a as a guy. I'm not, no. I mean, Fitzpatrick, I guess. Oh, he's in the Monday night game. That's why you don't see him in the slate. So yeah, yeah. he's in the Monday nighter. So if you're going in that single game slate, that's what you can look for there. Um, interesting options. I probably would start though at Deshaun Watson at home for 6100. What about uh, Matt Ryan for 5700 against the Saints? At home. Yeah, no, you can go that you can go that route way as to uh, that way too. Um, Saints got blitzed in game one. Defense looked a little better last week, but again, it's the Browns. So yeah. Hey Scott, uh, how about Scott? How about Bortles with a potentially banged up Leonard Fournette at home against Tennessee? Fifty six hundred. Uh, I could see I could see a lot of carries for Yeldon and Grant in okay. this game. Right. I could right. I could see Bortles and Titan Jacksonville winning this game. Uh, like, you know, 20 to 10 and Bortles throws for like 180, one and one. That's kind of what I could see in this game. So I, I I'd shy away. I think he had his uh, DFS moment last week against the Patriots. Not a lot of other options here, really. To be honest with you, not 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 many that really jump off the chart this early. So yeah, I, I would look at Goff. I, I like Goff. Matt Ryan's definitely worthwhile. Sean Watson, I'd probably look at as well. All right, flip over to running back. I'll give you my top twelve right now. I got Todd Gurley one. I think that's obvious against the Chargers. I got Kamara catching balls out of the backfield at Atlanta. Kareem Hunt against San Francisco, I think, is a very solid play. They're going to get him going at some point. And assuming that Mahomes is not throwing five every week, eventually Hunt's going to get two. I got McCaffrey against Cincinnati because it's the only game in town. Tevin Coleman against New Orleans. You know the Cowboys have to run the ball, Scott. I don't think Seattle's defense is great. So I'll buy into Zeke Elliott, usually doing some decent things out there. James Conner at Tampa Bay. I got Lamar Miller against the Giants, I think, is a very, very solid play there. And then we have David Johnson against the Bears. The Bears' defense will travel, but at home, they'll move him around and get him enough touches so that he gets the ball. Outside of that, it's very tough. I'll put Melvin Gordon in at 12, right behind Jordan Howard against Arizona. Jordan Howard, I probably should move down a little bit. 
I just don't know who else I can put in there. Maybe Chris Thompson. Maybe I can sneak Chris Thompson up there. I'll put Chris Thompson number 12, and I'll put Melvin Gordon number 13. So again, Gurley, Kamara, Hunt, McCaffrey, Coleman, Zeke number 6, James Conner 7 in the Monday night game, Saquon Barkley 8 for his overall involvement, Lamar Miller 9 against the Giants, David Johnson 10, Chris Thompson 11, and Melvin 12. Yeah, not a bad list. There are a couple guys that I like that you didn't mention, I believe. Jay Ajayi, home. Is he healthy? That's my only issue. No question marks for Ajayi at the moment if you look at it. So home matchup against the Colts at 27th through two games against running backs. And then I know you don't like him, but at home, Kenyon Drake against the Raiders, that makes a ton of sense for 5,600. Frank Gore going to get those goal line carries? I'm I'm, I'm not concerned. I I got him 17, Kenyon Maybe I I can move him up. I think Drake will find his way in the top 12 there. Matt Brieta, 5,400 on the road and probably a shootout. You're going to get a lot of action out of him in Kansas City. Guys, you can look at it because you know, these top guys, you know they're going to produce, but can you afford, can you afford 9,500 on Kamara, even 9,200 on Gurley? Pay this week. Nope. I mean, probably. I mean, I, I'd probably go to the third one, 7,800 McCaffrey at home against Cincinnati. I'd probably pay the 1,700 less and hope for maybe only 10 points less for McCaffrey than what Kamara would give you, but – yeah, I mean, interesting slate of running backs here. Gordon is questionable, so you got to follow that one. David Johnson against the Bears, no thank you. Uh, Dalvin Cook is not healthy. Uh, Latavius Murray is a must-use at whatever his price is going to be. Well, they actually got him up at 5,800, so they're preparing for Dalvin Cook not to play. Uh, Gio Bernard and maybe an offensive game out of the backfield could be worthwhile, but he might even be overpriced. Um, Corey Grant? Possibly, if you're looking for a low-end play, 4,300. And even Chris Carson at home against Dallas for 4,300 might be somebody worthwhile. They've played two road games, Seattle. They'll go home against a team we agree is not that good in Dallas, so maybe he's sneaky value. And even Marlon Mack, 3,800. He looked okay in his first go-around, 10 carries, 34. Maybe against that Eagle defense in a game where they might be chasing points, he's useful as well. So there's some low-end options. Some high-end options. You're going to have to really pay up for the running backs if you want the two big guns. You know, and that could affect you making a lineup elsewhere. But then if you get value somewhere else, you'll be good to go. And I'll give you the wide receivers real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. This is a tricky one. I'll buy into the squeaky wheel game with Antonio Brown. I'm not going to fall for this whole garbage. I'll put him number one. I have Juju six. So I have one and six, which means I got to like Ben, right? Think of it that way. And we're going to put Antonio Brown first and Juju six. And why is Ben so low? I'll have to fix that. DeAndre Hopkins, I have two. I expect him to have a nice game at home there, breakout. Stefan Diggs against Buffalo. You can take shots against Buffalo. I think Diggs outscores Thielen here because they're going to let it fly. Michael Thomas gets so many targets, Scott. I cannot drop him out of my top five. I don't care if he's on the road at Atlanta, which means Julio Jones is right behind him. Juju, I have a sixth. ABJ at Houston. Uh, Odell, he's got to get going. I'll put him seven. Thielen, I have eight as well. Nelson Aguilar sneaks in my top 12. He's the only game in town. Philadelphia is back. Wentz is going to be chucking it. It's in the, it, It's the Colts. Give me a break. I don't like Mike Evans, but I like his situation. He's 10. Tyreek Hill, can I put him lower than 11? Probably not. And give me TY with Andrew Luck at Philadelphia. Yeah, a lot of wide receiver plays. You no AJ here. Green. I, at yeah, Carolina, I mean, eh, I mean, he's right outside. He's right outside the top 12. And, uh, and a lot of guys you can go with here. Uh, the the Viking wide receivers this week will concern me a little bit. I don't know if they're going to – this could be a, game, a ball control game, a lot of running. Well, if we, Dalvin's if, hurt, it's, it was going to be uh, Murray. I, still, I think Murray will get 20 carries if Cook's hurt still. I, I, there's no way, no reason he couldn't. Um, the, the chief wide receivers, you can go Hill and Watkins, I think, in this game. They'll, they'll go off again. Michael Thomas all the way up to 8900 I mean, I guess it's worthwhile. It's, it's what he's been doing, so he, he the price is right. 
I'll take Julio at 79, though, at home, indoors. Matt Ryan, you like him. I'll take him against the Saints at 7,900. You might not get Julio any lower than that the rest of the year, so that's a good value for Julio Jones. Uh, Keenan Allen, no thank you, will pass this week. T.Y. Hilton, the Eagles' secondary has been pretty And if the Colts got to sling it at all, he may someone somebody you want to take a look at. I like Al Gore with you as well. Even the Colts have been okay. You know, only eighth, uh, their eighth best against opposing wideouts for two games, so he wanted to see how that goes. But Aguilar has definitely, with no Jeffrey and now no Wallace, Aguilar has definitely got a target. Uh, Keelan Cole, was it a one-week thing, or is that the breakout coming for him? He's 5600 reasonably priced, maybe someone to look at there. Um, and then you're really going to try to search for some value, uh, and you, you look and you'll keep searching, and you'll keep searching. Maybe Dante Pettis, maybe this is the week at 4300 in a game that should have some points. Uh, maybe your boy Willie Sneed as a third option against a good Denver secondary could be worthwhile for 4000 And that's really about it. I mean, you got plenty of time as we sit on Monday to really scope this out, but uh, there are some high, a ton of high-end options. You'll have to really search to find the value, which makes it tough, but it's good. If you find a value, hopefully you're looking at a 3 or 4% ownership and then make or break your lineup. Well, that's it, folks. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at P-U-T Blitz. Scott at SCOT557. Myself at Randall Rant. We are back. Scott's going to have a, a, another host is going to be joining us soon. So yes, that's very sir. exciting. Yep. You, know, you got a lot of stuff going on with the Rotoviz. So to kind of ease everything up, we're adding a third member to the team. Should debut later this week. You can follow him at FF underscore Min. So that's what he is. Uh, his name is Min Kim. He'll be joining us. He'll most likely be my host for the Thursday-Friday slate with me, and you and I will work the Sunday-Monday slate. And we'll get a little three-team going here. Sometimes it'll be you guys together. If I'm not around, vice versa. But it'll be good. Good addition. Keep the shows going. you got a lot rolling on Rotoviz. Keep that up. Articles popping everywhere. Good things happening here. And look for a website coming soon. Absolutely. And by the way, let him know how he likes to get his fanny kicked in his Yahoo League because my team lost this week only because the person put up a ton of points. I'm going to kick his fanny all over the place in week three at Yahoo. You can take that yeah. to the bank. And I'm going to give him a chance in his first episode to tell me why he's a Case Keenum truther, which I still can't figure it out why. Oh, my God. Chad Kelly's coming in by week six. Thank you, folks. We'll see you.